Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Listening to Nerdette Recaps Game of Thrones with Peter Segel. I'm Greta Johnson. I'm Trisha Bobita, and we are joined, of course, by Peter. I've missed you so. We've missed you too. You know, it's odd we all work in the same building, but just to make this moment more piquant, I've avoided seeing you now for <laughs> yeah. the last eight months. <laughs> you sure so, have. That's why I've been hiding behind cubicle walls, just because I wanted this to be special, and, and it was worth it. <laughs> well, that's what all the good. ducking and dodging was. Exactly, yes. <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad we've gotten that out of the way. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> so I feel like we should explain to people who maybe are just stumbling upon this for the first time what is actually happening when Nerdette recaps Game of Thrones with Peter Segel. I'm going to guess, and this is a wild <laughs> thing, could it be that Nerdette, i.e. you, recaps Game of Thrones, the TV series, mm. with me, Peter Segel? Wow. That's about it. Yeah, it's a pretty descriptive title, this show. Has. Yes, yeah. it really is. So we will do the SEO. That's the last thing anyone expected. <laughs> We will do it every Monday morning after every Sunday episode, and we will do it for all of season six, and we'll have a, maybe a little bit of a wrap party at the end, so we'll tell you more about that later on. But yeah, we're going to do this every week because there's always so much to talk about. There is, and if there isn't, we'll make it up. <laughs> and what is the Nerdette Recaps origin story, Peter? The kneecaps are... Is that the kneecaps. Well, kneecaps, that's good. That's good. I like it. The, we're going to keep We'll just call in. it kneecaps. Uh, if, as I remember, the origin story was I wrote you, Greta, an email saying, do you want to do a show in which we talk about Game of Thrones? Yeah. And you said yes. Because people in your real life were tired of hearing oh, yes. you talk nobody, about it. <laughs> nobody who works on my other radio show, which will go unnamed, uh, wants to hear me talk about Game of Thrones. You do sneak in an awful lot of Game of Thrones I references. often do. Although, do you know what I have discovered in the intervening year, hmm. or eight months, whatever it's been? I can annoy them even more by talking about Hamilton. Oh. It's even less point. accessible. Yeah, it's, it, it's gotten to the point that when I start making Hamilton references... That Ian Chillog, the producer who most hates my Game of Thrones references, <laughs> starts begging me to make Game of Thrones wow. references instead of Hamilton references. Peter, I don't think you and I have talked about Hamilton. Oh, well, excuse us, Trisha. Greta and I have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do like footsteps away then and a door opening, closing? And, and then, then all of a sudden in. you hear us completely doing the entire score oh from God. the How Does the Sky? What if we recapped that? It would be a one-episode podcast. There is already a podcast <gasps> that just every episode they talk about another aspect of Hamilton the musical. How which long makes is that going to go on? Which makes us look like we're popular and sane. Yeah, Maybe. man. <laughs> Maybe we're not nerds after all. I know. I don't can, know. It's, it's like a variation of Rule 36. There's always someone more, ner- more nerdy <laughs> than you. It's good. It's really good. So the notion here is, you know, obviously this episode is coming out before the actual season has begun. Right. So we thought we could talk a little bit about where season five left off, like what every who is dead, who's not, all that. Who is maybe yeah. dead, mostly dead, slightly alive, as yes. the Princess Bride would teach us. And this this has to be a basic primer because if you don't know anything about Game of Thrones and you're just tuning into this, what are you doing? Yeah, there's so many more valuable things you could do with your time, <laughs> limited as it is on this earth, than listening to a podcast of three people 
you don't know talking about a TV show you don't watch. Stop it. <laughs> but if you don't want to have to remember for yourself what happened in season five, we could just rattle it off pretty fast. We could do it. We could, we could sort of bring everybody up to speed. Yeah. Should we talk about what else we hope to accomplish in Please. this prologue episode? Yes. Just for some business sake. Sure. So we're going to talk about what happened last season. We are going to discuss what we may or may not know based on press and trailers and mm-hmm. what Trisha likes to call scuttlebutt. The internet scuttlebutt. The yes. And we're also going to talk about what we're the most excited about in this coming season, which for me is nothing. Oh, ow. There it is. I oh, should explain to new listeners, loud. again, what is wrong with you, <laughs> that one of the things that makes I feel our podcast about Game of Thrones different from the many other podcasts about Game of Thrones <laughs> is that one of your co-hosts, Greta Johnson, doesn't seem to really like the show very much, yeah. which I think adds a little sort of, you know, variation to our otherwise enthusiastic appreciation. She it's says just on so late. <laughs> it's too late at night for Greta. She's our reluctant hero in her words. Oh, I say sweet. spoil sport. That's very sweet. So the other thing we're going to talk about this time around is, Peter, you have this list that yes. you put on the Twitters of presidential candidates and who they would be in Game of Thrones. Well, this people... ab- I thought I invented this like last no, year. Man. Patriarchy jingle, please. <laughs> The patriarchy speaking, so ladies be quiet. Peter Sagal is the worst. No, I really did. I thought, I honestly thought one day, I sat down on Twitter, it was sometime in like, maybe while the last season was rolling, and mm-hmm. I said, oh, I mean, who are the real life counterparts? We even talked about it on the show. But it has apparently become a thing that people do, including people associated with the making of the show. They like talk about it at panels. Oh, that's fun. And when I've seen them or read about them talking about it, I realize that they're all wrong. So this, what you're about to get here, is the absolutely authoritative mapping of presidential candidates to Game of Thrones characters. It's coming up. Except no substitutes. Uh, This can be used to settle bar bets, uh, arguments among your family. You just say, well, Peter said Sagal said X, and it is Does that thus. work? Oh, yes. It certainly... But it doesn't work for you in Oddly, isn't life, that it's right? one of the weird ironies yeah, that yeah. other people can cite me as authority, but it never works for me. Uh-huh. That is unfortunate. Isn't it, though? It's hard to be Peter Sagal. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's the five. title of Patriarchy Jingles, Volume 2. It's, it's hard, hard to, to be, be Peter, Peter Sagal. Sagal. With a sad face picture of me in the album. <laughs> so, All right, sorry. moving on. So, moving on, Season 5... Should we do this geographically? Why not? I kind of like it that way. Where should we start? The North. North. The, the North. North. Okay. The North remembers. <laughs> All right. Do so we remember the North. Yeah. What happened? Uh, oh, you want me to say? I mean, well, no. <laughs> the last thing. Uh, so the last thing happened in the North. Let me think. So way north. Well, let's leave that for the last. Yeah. But uh, over at Winterfell, we had Sansa, who was yes. being imprisoned and being utterly miserable. There was that incredibly distressing sex scene, if you even want to call it that, and it. Uh, we know that Stannis Baratheon's plans came to naught. He may be the worst, but now he is also the deadest. Yeah. I think he is the most uh, the most certainly, certainly dead. dead. We are pr- no actually and, and as I think you guys know the, the there was some discussion over since they didn't show the actual as they right, have a right. tendency to do so. A knife blow, sword blow that decapitated him. There was some discussion. Are you saving him? Are you like, is he really alive? No, said the producers. He's dead. You didn't need to see that. And I agree. Yeah, he's all the way dead. He's pretty much entirely dead. So we meanwhile have Sansa and Theon, uh, known as Reek. The last thing we saw of them is them leaping off the parapet onto a pretty skimpy looking snowbank. Yeah, but we were all concerned about but that. But since we have seen Sansa in mm. the trailers, we're pretty sure she walked away. Uh, what else? So he's, and then we have Brienne, who's out there somewhere, still hanging out with Podrick. Last thing we saw of her is she killed Stannis the Worst. So, Stannis the Worst. Thank and then we you. have with Oath Keeper, her sword. She yes. has a good sword name. She does have a good sword name. And then Ramsay Bolton <laughs> is off Thanks being 
being Ramsey somewhere. And he also, we know, appears in the next season. Okay, so do we go, we're going to save the yeah. wall for yeah. last. So beyond the wall? Sure. If we go, if we skip the wall, let's skip over the wall then to <laughs> beyond the wall. Yeah. Thank you. Let's do more of that, please. We need to get you some wooden blocks. We'll just do old school. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> now with more special effects. You thought you hated Peter before he was a Foley artist. <laughs> go Brandon on. Brandon Hodar are please. back this season. We missed them a whole. Oh, yeah, they're back. They're back. We had a whole season where they were ostensibly out there somewhere, but we didn't really get any screen time for them in the and, last season. And I believe that uh, although he wasn't played by Max von Sydow in the two seasons ago, the the weird guide he has there, mm-hmm. in that show, the weird guy. But I think Max von Sydow, is that what Winsman says? I think he's now the guy who Bran is out there communing with. So we'll see more of Bran. And then if we swoop down to King's Landing. Which I apparently am just calling in town now. Yeah. Greta earlier goes, wasn't, uh, wasn't Littlefinger, wasn't he in town? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, "Did you do you mean King's Landing? <laughs> She considers she's, King's Landing going like, to town. It's, she's like one of those annoying San Francisco people. Like when you say the city, that's what she means. It's like, come on, <laughs> stop being so provincial. <laughs> so, so meanwhile, King's Landing. So what's going on there, guys? Uh, Uncle Kevan. Yeah. Thank you. Seem to take charge. Yeah. Cersei's there. She would like to be in charge as always, but Last now there's another dude in the family who's trying to take. Have Cer- we seen Cersei since she got uh, no, off man. her, her uh, walk of shame? No. Yeah, well, in a room yeah, with Uncle Cavan. Right. And the mountain, right? Yeah. Right. Maybe well, we alive. I assume it's the we mountain. He's Robert Strong. Oh, I should say this uh, for people who did not hear it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we interviewed Alina. Oh, Heady. yeah. She was lovely. She was it really was nice. It was confusing. It was. And there were a couple things. A, she's incredibly lovely, and she's known apparently for just being this very bubbly, very pleasant personality. And but when I was told, oh, Lena Headey, Queen Cersei, is going to be calling you, I sat there terrified <laughs> because she she can bring the evil, as we know. Yes. But one thing she did say is that that is not her naked body. She confirmed that. Right. That that we we had read that, and some, some internet people had suggested it based on comparing shots. But yes, that was not her. She was not naked. That was a body double. Now everyone knows they can just stop listening right now. That's, exactly. That was We've the main question. About so she's fire, there. Right? She's probably pretty unhappy. Yeah, but I mean, like, do you, she's not actually shamed, though, right? I mean, that was a brutal scene, I don't think obviously. she's going to reconsider her actions. But yeah, no. I mean, she, like, if anything, this has only hardened her resolve to be the worst. Do you remember the first time you saw a dead body? Mother. All I could think about when she died was what would happen to her now. Every day, every night. What does Mama look like now? Has she started to bloat? Has her skin turned black? Have her lips peeled back from her teeth? I think about locking Marcella in a crypt. I think about her beautiful little face starting to close. Don't think about it. The yeah, most there is that great person, bit right? in, I think, the first trailer where someone says, Order your man to step aside or there will be violence. And she says, I choose violence. Which yeah, is man. Lena Headey. She can bring it. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hasia whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at haciaworks.org. 
Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Welcome back to Nerdette Recaps Game of Thrones with Peter Sagal. I'm Trisha Bobita along with Greta Johnson. And wait, wait, don't tell me it's Peter Sagal. Uh, where, Queen Marjorie is still in the clink, if I'm not mistaken. Still in prison, oh, I right? I think you're right. Oh, yeah. yeah, so we I don't think you're and, right. she, and that means that her, her, her whiny ass husband is still like, oh, I want my queen. Yeah. Yeah. And his cat, Sir Pounce. Yeah. Sir Pounce. Where is Sir Pounce? We haven't seen Sir Pounce for a He's while. He's in town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> we love a good callback. We're students yeah. of comedy. There you go. Uh, meanwhile, so w- w- when last we were in um, Dorne, it's funny, like you have Dorne listed here, and it's, I think somebody wrote, who cares? Yeah. Dorne. Trisha, Trisha, Trisha wrote that Trisha on my behalf. Trisha doesn't care for Dorne? She wrote it for me. I wrote it for Greta. Greta hates Dorne. Yeah. Who, Dorne is lame. <laughs> <laughs> we spent an awful lot of time in Dorne last season to very little purpose, but it did end up... Uh, even though I, mean, I remember saying after the penultimate episode, we said we spent all this time in Dorne and nothing got accomplished. Mm-hmm. It all amounted to nothing. None of that was necessary. And then in the very last, I guess it was the last episode, yeah, uh, they offed young, oh, what is her name? Marcella. Thank you. She's another one, though. She's right? poisoned yeah, by the I sand mean... snakes while she's being taken away by Jamie and Bronn. They get her out of Dorne. That's their quest yeah. is to get her back to King's Landing. And then they think they've succeeded. And then you find out. No, she's been poisoned. Yes. But, I mean, it is worth pointing out that in all of these scenes, you don't actually see anyone officially dead, right? I mean, we've heard that Stannis is for real dead. It's fair to assume that Marcella is probably dead. I think she's dead. But, I mean, you never know. It's true. You never know. Although this is, has there been an instance in the show so far, and I say that, I say that laden with meaning, (laughs) so far, where a character has been presented as dead and you turn out, nope, and with the, no, with the very quick true. exception of, uh, what's his name, uh, the Lightning Lord, um, Barry something. The guy who, <laughs> the guy with the eye patch who got killed, and the next oh, thing you know, yeah. he's, he's up and happy yeah. again. Right. The, the... Uh, Beric Dondarrion, thank you very much, wow. nerds. Wow. Um, other than that, we have I want to seen... give credit. Hang on, Peter. I want people to know that there was no producer who fed that name to you. You no, just no. found it in the crevices there, of there, your brain. There is no one in this building. Barry. 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 You know, Barry. Barry. I don't know. Like, Marion Barry? No. Beric oh. Dondarrion. He, he leapt up because he got resurrected, but no one else has come back. Not even, and I know this is in your notes. Lady Stoneheart? Lady Stoneheart. Mm-hmm. She's been gone for two seasons now and she has not come back so if they did bring back say Stannis and I think they're not going to it would be a real reversal of everything they've done before that's true I guess that is partly why Game of Thrones blows people's minds is because the people who die are actually dead they're pretty they're absolutely dead that's not actually the case it's just the end of the season nonsense yep so um Dorn Dorn so yes so Marcella's dead the Sand Snakes killed Marcella because they want a war with King's Landing because they're still pretty mad about Oberyn Martell. Yep. Um, yep. And it looks like... So it, war could be brewing. War could be like. brewing, which is always what it's doing. I <laughs> That's a nice little, <laughs> little poem. Again, much like Hamilton, I like rhyming things. <laughs> Good. Marine. Marine. We have... Adjacent to Marine, I guess, on a hill. We'll call yeah, this location Marine, on a hill. Marine-ish. On a hill. Somewhere, <laughs> I think it's somewhere. It's supposed to be somewhere in uh, 
uh, what's the name? The Dothraki territory. Yes, right. yeah, Sea of Grass. We have Danny being the Dothraki circled. Sea. Yes, and this is like I don't know, man. The dragons just dropped her off there. Is this well? Drogon was mad hurt. Drogon was, Drogon was I, hurt. I thought he was right. more tired. It was a <laughs> was long he, trip. He was just he was crabby. kind of crabby. <laughs> Remember that great scene? He's like, "Come on, Drogon, get up!" I was like, Arr. "Drogon hates Mondays." <laughs> <laughs> Drogon sitting there with a cup of coffee, like Garfield. <laughs> anyway, so Daenerys wandered away, and she was apparently the last seen captured by yet another Dothraki horde. Kalisar. And then we have then we have Tyrion. In Marine, yes. who's ready to be the Leo McGarry to Danny's Jed Bartlett. <laughs> I, I am amazed that it took you whatever 20 minutes that we've been talking to make your first West Wing reference. So congratulations on We're your restraint. We're on track. We're on track. That's good. Yes, she's, she, he looks well installed. As I think we predicted mid-season that he was going to end up there. Yeah, I do look forward to those two. I guess he has to find her now, which is yeah, a little annoying. She's out but... there. And meanwhile, and what's his and of course, uh, Jorah Mormont mm-hmm. and uh, what's his name? I'm being really great. Professional recapper lady. <laughs> you know, what's his name and that you're other like guy? The, you're like the Kate McKinnon SNL character, like somebody's mom recaps a thing. She, <laughs> she just talks about, and then red beard and what's her face and then mustache That's pretty guy. pretty much me. They're, they're <laughs> heading off to find Danny and we don't know if they're going to succeed. I wonder how long it's going to take to find Danny. I like, hope is that not very be a long. Thing? That's annoying. We'll yeah, find out soon enough. I want it enough. to reset pretty quickly, but yeah. we will find well, out Well, we know that these, the, these, these producers, these makers of Game of Thrones, know on which side of the naked body their bread is buttered. That was a complete... Wow! That was terrible. That was really They bad. are not keeping Daenerys, Emilia Clark off screen for any longer than they absolutely have to. Yeah, that's true. We have so, one other location there to you get go. to. The Wall. Wait, no, one more before what, the wall. That? Bravos, Arya. Oh, yeah. Arya oh, and Bravos. Yeah. Arya Last and we Bravos. saw of her, she got in trouble because she killed that uh, Kingsguard guy. Yep. Who, and so now. Sir Meryn Trent, who had it coming. Yeah, he did. He but, was the worst. But the faceless fellow. Uh, <laughs> Can we call him a faceless fella? Faceless fella <laughs> is mad. And last we saw, he blinded her through some mystical means. Are you listening, blind girl? Do you hear them talking? Do any of them talk to you? No. So sad. Stand and fight, blind girl. I can't see. That's your problem, not mine. So Maisie Williams blind. has said those contacts hurt like the dickens. You'd Ooh. expect that, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Do you find that out in your internet scuttlebutt? It's in the scuttlebutt. It's in the scuttlebutt. So that now, can we finally talk yeah. about it's the time. wall? It's yeah. time. I thought he was the man to lead us through the long night. But I was wrong. Yeah. So we all know the very last image of the last season was our favorite. I did not realize this to the extent to which Kit Harrington, Jon Snow, is such a sex symbol. <laughs> you really? Didn't, you didn't I didn't pick know up that. I, oh, I mean, because yeah. <laughs> I, you know, hopelessly heterosexual, look at him and go, he's sort of a scruffy guy with sort of woebegone look. Yeah. But apparently the ladies and the gay guys just love him. I feel like yep. he kind of grows on you. Yeah. You know? Sort of like his, his, his beard, which never quite comes in, but never quite goes away. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's just that enduring weird beauty. But people are sad because he seems to be quite dead. Mostly dead is slightly alive. I'm just saying. You think he's, why do you think he's not dead? You think we, we've heard about John Harrington being on the set. We've heard he's Kate been on Harrington. set. <laughs> what did I you say? You just called him John. I did? John uh, John. John, John I, well, I, well, you didn't hear the parentheses because I said John, 
Open parentheses. Harrington. Close parentheses. So oh, okay. I, w- I was right. Perfect. <laughs> the silent parentheses. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't pick Perfect up on for that. radio. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's alive because I think that the way the book, well, I guess he doesn't have to be alive in the show to be alive in the books. We can talk a little bit about that mm-hmm. conundrum more. And, and now. we will. Yes. But I think that the story was leading up to him and Danny at least meeting, if not being the two who sort of end up. In the final, you know, Iron Throne right. scenario. And so why would you kill off the character who you've been playing up to become the penultimate, if not the ultimate, winner of the throne? We don't need to get into this, but there is a lot of speculation based on clues in the books and clues. I've watched we, those YouTube yes, videos. Know, that, <laughs> that suggest that Jon Snow is, in fact, the rightful heir to the throne, yes. that he's going to end up with Daenerys. And that's the where everything has been pointing since the very first Word of the book was written, published 20 years ago. But how, if that's wow. the case, how can he be dead? And uh, there is indication that he is not. That in fact, or that rather that he is dead, but that is not a permanent condition. So yeah, that's the thing. I mean, seems to me that even if dude is not actually dead, what's her, Melisandre. Melisandre. The red woman. Melisandre showed up yeah. at just Hill the right time to Westeros. be able to... She comes oh, into right. town, put, creates a big ruse, and then gets out of Dodge as soon this as everybody realizes nobody knows how to play their instruments. No, Music remember, man. in town is Red Landing. <laughs> yes. King's thank Landing, you, Peter. the Red Keep, King's Landing. Here's, all right, here's some elaborate nerdery. Ready? We remember <laughs> Sir Barry, or whatever it is, Beric Dondarrion. That is a scene in the book that they recreated for the TV show in which he is killed in a duel with um, the Hound and is immediately resurrected. Now, in the book, that leads pretty directly to the resurrection of. Uh, Caitlin Stark, who comes back as Lady Stoneheart. And as we've discussed, they didn't do that in the TV series. They decided, nope, she's dead, she's gone, at least so far. So, if they didn't want to do the second part of that, why did they bother with the first part? Why did they have the whole scene in the cave? Why did they have Beric Dondarrion? Why did they have him resurrected? Because maybe they were setting something else Mm. up. And remember that he was resurrected by an appeal, and I know the name of the character, Thoros of Mir, to the Red God. Right. Which is the same God that Melisandre worships. Therefore, we have a setup now a number of seasons ago in which priests or priestesses of the one true God, the red God, can bring people back to life. Why did we need that? I think we're about to find out. Also, there's just a lot of sexual tension between Jon Snow and Melisandre. That oh, that, I, I, I still find that to be the funniest thing ever. <laughs> when Poor. they're taking the slow wooden elevator up the wall yeah. and she says something to him about being a virgin. Are you a virgin? And then the scene where he, like, <laughs> she, she opens her robe and he has to stare lovingly at her torso for a good 30 seconds. It was hilarious. <laughs> lovingly um, is not the right word. So the speculation, I think can we all agree that Jon Snow is coming back? Yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on Team Jon Snow yeah. being alive. There's no way that he's not. Yeah. What do we do if he doesn't come back? We're going to keep doing this, I Probably. assume. Pro- <laughs> under protest. <laughs> yes, under protest, Direct. I will continue. Does that wrap up our, our, our summary? I think yep. so, yeah. I, I, think, think, we I think we should move on. The real war is between the living and the dead. And make no mistake, the dead are coming. In just a minute, our predictions for season six and Peter cast the presidential candidates into Westeros.
Welcome back to Nerdette Recaps Game of Thrones with Peter Sagal. I'm Trisha Bobita along with Greta Johnson. And wait, wait, don't tell me is Peter Sagal. All right, Greta, Peter, let's each give just one because we'll have plenty as yes. we go forward. But just one prediction for season six. Mine, I'll go ahead and go first. Mine is that I think we are going to see the return of Mama Stark and Lady Stoneheart. <laughs> it's more wishful thinking than anything. I just think it would be fun to have now that we have so few Starks left and they're so scattered to have her back in the show would be fun. I think if they're going to go beyond the books as they can do now because they've now surpassed in terms of some of the storylines what the canon is from Germ's books, why not? Let's do it. Let's bring back Lady Stoneheart. Let's have her do some crazy stuff. Yeah, First the- thing, didn't we agree it was grim? We went over this. I'm sorry. Yes. George R.R. R. Martin, like Grim or Germ. All right. It's I, like Jif Gif. Yep. Jif Gif. Both are good. <laughs> I do think it is important to point out to emphasize what you have just pointed out, Tricia, which is that now we have officially deviated from the books. I think what makes this especially important at this time is that Peter no longer knows what is going it to It is going happen. to be so hard to be so obnoxious, <laughs> given that crippling... Lack uh, of knowledge. Exactly. I have, as everybody knows who endured these prior podcasts, <laughs> I have read the books and would constantly go on about the differences between the books and well, like, strategizing you, from the writer's point of view. And now I can't do that anymore. I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, you read books about the books. I have read books about books about the books. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> no, actually, I haven't. I'm, I, <laughs> you would if there was one. F- from what I understand, and this is a vague understanding, because the producers, the showrunners, Benioff and I can never remember the Weiss. other guy's name, Benioff and Weiss, have been working in such close collaboration with George R. R. Martin, including he's, his writing a single episode a season that's part of his deal. What they're going to show us can't vary tremendously, I think, from what George R. R. Martin had planned out. So we're going to be able to get a sense. I mean, it's, it's not going to like have a huge change in tone or, or intent or whatever, but – it's going to be completely new territory for everybody. It's kind of exciting, a little scary. So what are you most excited for? Um, I guess I'm most excited to finally be able to watch this TV show like most other normal human oh, beings cool. where I have no idea what's going to happen. And whenever I sit down, I'll be like watching The Sopranos again. That's so funny because you would never have chosen that for yourself. Never, never. I would always choose the smug satisfaction of foreknowledge <laughs> rather than the more human uh, pleasure of spontaneous enjoyment. So we have a listener question here, Peter, yes. that I'm just going to pepper in while we're here. Does your obsession with the show ever pose problems in your life? <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good question, right? I, I, I'm trying to think. It, I mean, looking around the wreckage of my personal life, I, I would love to be able <laughs> to blame, to blame it Thrones. on Game of Thrones <laughs> as opposed to deeper and more persistent flaws. Um, but no, I think that I think, frankly, these days, um, being obsessed with a particular television show, no matter what it is, is pretty much par for the course. It's kind of weird. If you, I mean, if let me ask you, when's the last time you said to somebody, so what are you watching? And they said nothing. I don't watch TV. Yeah. That's, How well, weird those would people that be? are annoying in a whole other way. Yeah, I know. But I mean, so I, I don't think it's it's uh, it's it's a problem. Um, <laughs> I hope I, I don't think it's a problem. <laughs> I mean, here here's here's the real question. If someone said to me, Peter, I've done this analysis and it turns out that all of your problems, and I have problems, are due to your obsessive interest in Game of Thrones, you must give it up in order to to solve all your problems. Would you do it? And I'd be like, I don't know. I'd be like, oh, it's a pretty good TV show. <laughs> 
I mean, you've got to know if they're going to do just the seven or ten seasons. Yeah, There's know. mitigating yeah, factors yeah, here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I will say it does, as I think I said earlier, it annoys the hell out of my coworkers. But since I enjoy annoying right, the hell right. out that's, of my coworkers, that's, that's really a plus. Too, yeah. <laughs> it's a plus. <laughs> Just like the cherry on top of the <laughs> really All right, Greta, what's your prediction and or hope for season six? My prediction and or hope, I think what I'm most looking forward to is Sansa Stark being a badass. You know, I think they played that up. I think it is time for a number of reasons. We said that a year ago. I know. That's the thing, man. We you were know? all like, this is going to be the season where Sansa finally, you know, Gets it going. Stands up to the man. She's looking tough in the trailers. Yeah, she is. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is the device through which I can just keep complaining because it's still not going to happen. If it doesn't happen this season, I think at this <laughs> point we can just write her off to being annoying. Although I've always felt she's kind of annoying. Fair. I mean, like I have a, I have a Twitter friend, uh, Nicole Cliff, who named her puppy. Sansa. And I was like, that is a terrible idea. Oh, it's no. going to betray your other puppies. Why wouldn't oh. you name him Sir Pounce? Exactly. <laughs> Arya, name your dog Arya. She's cool. Arya. She's a psychopath, but go on. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, all, all animals are psychopaths. No, just yours, Greta. Okay. So my prediction is a very easy one, and this shows my reticence to go out on a limb when I don't have any actual foreknowledge. I think Jorah Mormont has got to bite it. I said he bought. He was going to bite it at the end of <laughs> last it. season. I thought he was a past tense. I bite. like it. Bought, yeah, bought. Bought. He bought it. He didn't buy it. He didn't. Uh, bitten. He had not bitten it. <laughs> Were that he to bite it, that's a subjective death. Uh-huh. Uh, subjunctive, <laughs> the, the sorry. Future, future perfect. Future perfect. He shall have bitten it. There it is. Uh, he is going to bite it, finally, this season. Mainly because his whole character arc is pretty much played out. He's going to do something either tremendously heroic or tremendously tragic in regards to Danny, and then he's going to die. And he, the, the only shot we have him in the trailer is him looking at his terrible psoriasis and going, whoa. <laughs> By psoriasis, you mean grayscale, I yes. mean grayscale, which is... <laughs> Which yeah. is real. It's real. Okay. Okay. So he's going to buy it. But that's easy. Everybody knows this. I'm not going out on a limb. So we have had a lot of people actually, weirdly enough, asking for you to recap your presidential candidate oh, yeah. situation. I, I think I explained I explained this prior. This came up last year and it came up again earlier this year. And, and yeah, I, that and was I still pretty it. early days in the campaign. I revised it. Now, I have this list here. And like I said, it is authoritative. This is the truth. Uh-huh. So there is no arguments. Um, there is no there is arguments. no arguing. I should say <laughs> my grammar is poor. Uh huh. But and, and it's you also notice that a lot of the people I'm about to mention are dead politically. They're yeah. no longer right. But that's makes sense because at this point in Game of Thrones, most of the characters are dead. Okay. True. So it all it True. all kind of fits. So uh, we'll start with uh, Jeb Bush, which is really the easiest one, and that was Stannis Baratheon because he has a familial claim to the title. He was very well funded, and we saw Stannis get the money from the Iron Bank of Bravos, and he is of course. Dead. <laughs> um, Scott, no arguments there. Scott Walker, I went for Renly Baratheon because he was charming to his followers. Don't write in. Popular, again, to his followers. Don't write in. Very well supported <laughs> and also dead. And in fact, his death, Scott Walker's death, came suddenly early and surprisingly so. Yeah, I kind of forgot that he was part yeah. of it. But yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Re- we all thought Renly was going to make a big claim, was going to make a big deal. And the next thing you know... The shadow baby is killing him. Uh, <laughs> I forgot Ted, about the shadow a baby. A lot of argument about Ted Cruz online. Yeah. And I am here to tell you, <laughs> just settling the argument, that Ted Cruz is Ramsey Bolton. 
He's, he's a former outsider. He's utterly ruthless. He's angling for legitimacy. And both Ramsey and Ted Cruz have killed some guys. <laughs> That's true. Oh. Uh, Marco Rubio is mm-hmm. uh, now. This is this is a character not in the TV show. I could not find one in the TV show to fit Marco. Maybe may, I will allow people to suggest their own. But from the books, he's Quentin Martell. He's young, charming. Again, a lot of support. Very stealthy and completely doomed, and now dead. <laughs> For a second, I thought it was going to be someone you said not from the TV show, and I didn't think of the books. I was like, is this going to be a Gilligan? Like someone from, yeah, <laughs> someone from Arrested Just Development? Some sweaty TV character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of West Wing, I got excited. <laughs> uh, Rand Paul is drunk Tyrion because he'll just he just says things. <laughs> You're all idiots, <laughs> and it never does him any good. Uh, Bernie Sanders. We have to move to the Democrats. Bernie Sanders is the High Sparrow. He's he seems really nice. Uh, but he's actually quite radical, and he has really enthusiastic followers. Also, always sort of uh, windblown hair yeah. for some reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the appearance factor exactly. actually works mm-hmm. for that. And, mm-hmm. and Hillary, uh, Hillary, of course, remains as she was in the first iteration of this Daenerys because she has a familial claim to the throne. She's utterly determined. She's the only woman versus a field of men, and she will not get a goddamn move on. <laughs> so, would you just get it over with, Daenerys? Can I take? Can I take issue? Are you done? You may. It won't do you any good, but you can try. So I was thinking about it. Yes. And I kind of feel like Bernie is Daenerys. Oh, please go on. <laughs> because nobody really saw him coming. You know, like I think Danny has that sort of outsidering. Like no one thought that Bernie Sanders would have held on as long as he has up against these well-established forces. Right? With these millennial dragons exactly. behind him. Right. What could he do? Yeah. Bur- I, and yeah. I really like to think of Bernie... As, you know, wearing Naked. those dresses and yeah. stuff. Yeah. No. I... <laughs> no, that's not right. You don't but, think so? Because no. then guess who Hillary would be in that scenario? Who would Hillary be in that Hillary scenario? Hillary would be Cersei. Hillary is not Cersei. Somebody suggested on Twitter that Hillary was Cersei. And I say this out of no particular fondness for Hillary Clinton. But Cersei is not that smart. Mm. And whatever you can say about Hillary Clinton, and say what you want, she's not dumb. That's true. And Cersei just, I mean, there, there's a whole section of, of the third book, excuse me, the fourth book, which contributed significantly to last season in which Cersei is more or less in charge and keeps screwing things up because she's just not that politically adept. Yeah, for, that's a good point. For example, her major error was allowing the uh, sparrows to get back together, the paramilitary force of the church. And uh, that turned out to be a really bad choice for her. And Hillary would not be that dumb. Okay. Maybe Cersei is Marco Rubio then. (laughs) They're both cute. Yeah, they're sort of like (laughs) trying to get by on their looks. Yeah, there's a little bit of that little charm. Bernie, I'm I'm worried. And Bernie Sanders, I thought, you know, I mean, the idea of an outsider coming in from nowhere is an interesting one. Is is there a character like that? I mean, I think Danny. I think that is to be her fate, isn't it? That you know, and I think to a certain extent you've already seen it, right? Where everyone underestimated her. Yeah. Yet at the same time, now she's sort of the obvious claimant. In fact, yeah. but only to us as watchers of the show, not to anyone who's duking it out in yeah. King's Landing or Westeros. Interesting you mention that because <laughs> one of the things that I think is going to happen in the upcoming season is they will start using material not from future as of yet unpublished books, but from book number five that were not in play in season six, a lot of which has to do with the people from the Iron Islands. Our old friend, uh, they call her Yara in the TV show because her name was too much like another character's and her crazy brothers, Victarion and Urarion. I don't know. 
That sounds Oblivion, right. Oblivion, whatever his name, Urian, I think. And these are guys who are like, they are thinking that they would like to be in charge. And what they see is the way to be in charge is head over to Marine and hook up in whatever way they mean that with this uh, Daenerys, <laughs> who, of course, they underestimate because she's just a woman. So right. if that follows, then a lot of everybody's attention in the world of Westeros will be facing east to Marine as Daenerys, even though she's now gone, her presence in the world is more and more well known. All right. You can... Uh, Wait, you, no. What? What about Trump? Trump is really weird. And I uh, people ask me this. It, it, Victarion of the Iron Islands, Victarion Greyjoy, is most like Trump because he's, I don't know if I can say this in a podcast, batshit insane. <laughs> and uh, because what's weird is... George R.R. R. Martin, the author of all of this, is simply too smart a writer and a plotter to have ever presupposed a Donald Trump-like character. Truth is stranger than fiction. Exactly. <laughs> uh, imagine if Donald – if in this particular scenario, if 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 it, it's more fun to to imagine this is like a a, a screenplay by your guy Aaron um, Sorkin. Your and, guy. Your I guy. Like that I, pointed I, at I belong to Aaron Sorkin. Your guys. Yeah. But, you know, if Aaron Sorkin went to, you know, went to his producers and said, I got this idea where this absolute lunatic, know-nothing, blowhard, racist douche nozzle <laughs> becomes the leading candidate for president who, and he doesn't know anything about anything and he says racist, hateful crap on TV all the time and people love him, his producers would look at him and say, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. It would never happen. It's uninteresting. George R. R. Martin's characters are scheming, they're smart, they're sly, they're cruel. That's why we like them. And just to have – can you imagine like if you're watching some incredibly clever byplay scene between Tyrion and Cersei in the throne room and some asshole with terrible hair comes and goes, oh, they're just – we're just going to throw all these assholes out. They're terrible. I'm going to be in charge. You're going to win. You know, like Westeros is going to win so much you're going to get sick of winning. Nobody You know how we beat that. the White Walkers? We just double the size of the wall. Exactly. I'm going to build a new and bigger wall. I mean, although maybe there, maybe he had an You know idea. what? He has the idea that would actually solve most of Westeros' That's problems. True. Make build it. the and wall. He's going to build the wall. He's going to make the White Walkers pay for the wall. <laughs> make Westeros great again? Yeah. I'm telling you, though, this is all ludicrous, which is why there's no character in Game of Thrones who can match Trump, because who would want to watch that? Fair enough. If you want to disagree with us, <laughs> please do it at Nerd at Podcast or at Peter Sagal on Twitter. But we would also really like it if you called in yes. so that we can hear your anger at this us. This being a podcast. Yeah, or we've your got, we've got a agreement. So go ahead and call us. That's 312-948-4687. 312-948-4687. I'm pretty sure I tried to come up with like a fun thing that spelled out last year and it just didn't work. Yeah. There's another you didn't ask about a John Kasich. No one cares about oh, John Kasich. Yeah, and that's, I tried to think <laughs> I tried to think of a map for John Kasich, but there's no character just as there's no character in Westeros or in Game of Thrones who's as lunatic, crazy, stupid as mm, Donald Trump. There's also nobody who is as um, what's the word? Relatively moderate and sane as John Kasich. There's nobody who's like, you know everybody, let's just work out our issues. We can, we we can, can work this out. I, you know, I, I balance mm. the budget in High Garden. A number of years in a row, we've got employment up. Uh, bounty from the garden has increased 13% since I've, you know, and there's nobody like that. And, you know, it's, so there's really, there's no sane person. The only person I can think of is John Aaron, who oh, was dead yeah. before the whole thing started, which might, in fact, be like John Casey. <laughs> 
312-948-4687 is the number to call. We hope to feature your guys' messages in each of these episodes. We'll sort of, you know, there'll be conversation starting points for us during the recap. So, yeah, give us a call. And, again, the Twitters also work. We are at Nerdat Podcast. And that guy is at Peter Sagal. I am. That's where I am. I'm sitting here over here at Peter Sagal. I can't get away from it. (laughs) This show is produced by us with help from our WBEZ cohort, especially Joe Dussault. Thanks also to our interns, Maya Cole and Sebrin Mallard. Joel Meyer is our executive producer. Our theme music was composed by Andrew Edwards of Blue Police Box Music. You can find links to all of the things, including the sign-up thingy for our weekly newsletter and all sorts of other good stuff at nerdatpodcast.com. Make sure to take the plunge and subscribe wherever you're listening, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is, so that you catch us every Monday after Game of Thrones airs on Sunday. And listen to our other podcast, too, if you want. It's pretty good. No? <laughs> that, that was confident. It was a really strong that, sell, yeah, wasn't that, it? That's why you've risen so high in the world of audio, Greta, because your confidence and your saleswomanship. Good. Thanks. It's not bad. Maybe you want to listen. You might like it. It's kind of fun. Okay. Sweet. Thanks, guys. See you Thank next you. time. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.